All right, ready? You're not ready. Not ready to make nice. Not ready to back down. Still mad as hell. We have that Listen, movie. Listen, I even. don't have time. For what? Oh, yeah. To go round and round like, and round. What? You really, you good actress. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Okay. Hey. (laughs) Hey. What's going on? Did you miss us? They can't answer. They can't. I One way. I think they did. I bet they did. I bet they did. Yeah. Um, hey, well, we took uh, the first week of January off, and what a week. Nothing happened. It was Very weird. Very relaxing. Yeah. Very chill. Nothing happened. We certainly didn't uh, watch a coup happen live on television. <laughs> Attempted coup. Attempted coup. Come on. Attempted coup. Um, Poorly attempted at that. They got pretty far. <laughs> like, you know, they were trying and I mean, I, I, you know, whatever. I was, it was, it was quite a week. It was quite a week. I mean, we're recording this moments after Trump got kicked off Twitter permanently. Yes. Which is like. I mean, again. Oh, it's just a little too late. Yeah. But yeah. fine. Great. Like now right. that now that he has now that he's about to have zero actual power. Right. Everyone waited until everyone didn't even wait till he lost the election. They waited until after Georgia. Right. Like the minute Georgia happened and the Democrats won. Right. It was like, okay, we can all be done. Yeah. And like, oh, now we're really upset about the violence. And oh. it's like, we got a twenty fifth amendment. And it's like, where where were y'all? Where were you? Um, I know where they were. Up his butt. Up his butt. Uh, anyway. Anywho, it's we... not oh. a politics podcast. It's not. Although one of the movies today, very political, <laughs> very, very political. trenchant, very uh, of the moment. You know what? I'm going to say both of them are kind you know of what? political. You know what? You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Cinema itself, kind of a political oh, medium. Oh no! If you ask me. I'm going to shut this down right now. <laughs> Do we have any other topics at the top? Oh, let's see. No, because it's not like we watched any other movies this week. Because we were just like doom scrolling and watching the news. Yeah. We've been watching Lord of the Rings with our our eight-year-old, which has been fun uh, and interesting experience. Yeah, watching it in like half-hour installments before bed. And she's really enjoying it. I can't, I tried to describe this online and I, on uh, Letterboxd, check me out on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, gotta plug the Letterboxd. Gotta plug the Letterboxd. I have like 12 followers. It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, yeah. You're on TikTok. I'm on Letterboxd. That's, that's our, our old head uh, social media stuff that we're trying. Anyway, um, but I tried to say this, but like every time in Lord of the Rings that we're watching it, first of all, she calls Frodo Logo, Logo. which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, Lodo and Sam Gam. That's Sam Gam, the- <laughs> yeah. Um, and then every time there's like violence, mm. she like keeps looking at, at us like with this look that's like, what is going Like, are these knuckleheads? <laughs> I can't believe they're letting me watch this. Yeah, yeah. But, but- she, it's, it's, very, it's a very funny look that I wish I could describe for the listener that's just very like what i also find myself doing a lot of of talking about it with her and and just reminder this is not real (laughs) talking about like fight choreography and and i feel like that comes from a place of like really just because she is a little young probably but i think I think she enjoys that kind of stuff. She and, loves it. She loves it. Um, and it's nice to watch it with her. And I just want to make sure that she's kind of developing a healthy relationship with yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have a problem with that in Lord of the Rings, but I've also been watching The Simpsons with her. Yeah. And like every once in a while, there'll be a joke that is like, 
just like someone calling someone a stupid fucking idiot yeah. is the thrust of the joke. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that was not a very That's nice joke. That's not great. But, you know, just like, just let, I don't know, she's fine. Yeah. She gets it. She's fine. Her scared parents just like, you know. Anyway. Anyway. Good topic sh- at the top. Great. Should we get to the movies? <laughs> Should we? Yes. Great. So we watched, wait for it. Two movies. <laughs> How many? Two. Oh, wow. Um, we watched Karina Karina from 1994 yep. and A Face in the Crowd from 1957. Mm-hmm. Uh, different films. Different films. Both take place in the late 1950s, though. Yeah. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of kind of like searing commentary. I know that you come like that people. You tune in we were for. off for a week, and people were like, "I don't know what to make of cinema anymore." They were like, "We got to storm the Capitol." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give us DVD deathmatch. Wow. Um, all right, let's start with Karina. 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 Karina from 1994, directed by Jesse. Nelson. Lady director, lady director. Love that. Um, IMDb summary. Written and produced by her as well. Yeah. Based on her life, she said. Oh. So. Uh, IMDb summary. In 1959, a widower hires a kindly housekeeper slash <laughs> nanny to care for his seven-year-old daughter. True. Correct. True. Those are, that's, a, that's a true statement. It doesn't quite get into... The, the racial dynamic, the, the meat of this film, yeah. but sure. Yeah. Um, now, this is 1994. Yes. So you've got Ray Liotta plays the widower. Mm-hmm. You've got Whoopi Goldberg yes. as Karina, the housekeeper, as the titular Karina. 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 Um, two actors, and I feel like I say this every week. Mm. Two actors at the height of their power. <laughs> like this well, it's is funny you say that about Ray Liotta. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you, but we'll we'll get to it in a minute. I think. yeah, but that's funny. Um, and Tina Majorino, right? As yes, also daughter, at the height of her power. Height of her power. Yes. Yeah, she was great. She's, She's great. great. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty pretty uh, chill disc. You pop it in. There's not yeah. much going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get to choose on the disc whether you watch it in widescreen or full screen, which is interesting. This is very a very early DVD. Mhm. And clear I mean you this is one of yours, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like clearly something you bought in the early 2000s, late yeah. 90s or something cuz it's like from then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think that's nice that you get to choose. Yeah. And it's not a flip disc. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, okay. So Karina, Karina, Ray Liotta, Whoopi Goldberg, Tina Majorino, it starts with a funeral. Right. Um, the little girl's mother has died. They never tell you how this mother died, which is interesting. But yeah, so it's it, it, and not only does it start on a funeral, but it starts on a funeral from the child's perspective. Yeah. You're looking at a bunch of feet and just hearing adult conversation, and she, yeah. and it turns out she's hiding under the table. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I thought immediately was like, oh, like it's funny you said that it was based on her on her life because I I was like that makes complete sense because this is such a good representation of what a funeral feels like of mm-hmm. just, you know, and, and I'm sure of what a funeral feels like as a child too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, just this, this thing where there are so many people talking yeah, and it, and they're just, they're talking about nonsense. Yeah. And everyone's just getting through it. Yeah. And, and, and just like the crazy things that people say at a funeral, yeah. like, um, What's the first funeral you... I never went to a funeral as a kid. I, like, got ooh. through a long, long time without any major death, and then... Me too. And, and then, well, boy, howdy, did we pay for it in the end. But, um... um yeah, no, me too. I, um... The first funeral I went to must have been, um, Nani, my great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I remember that feeling strange, because yeah. it, it took place at her... The barn, at her right. house. She had this huge estate. Um... And this was a place that we went to once a year, 
uh, in the fall to celebrate Thanksgiving and see family. So it was always a very kind of um, joyous celebratory holiday space. And then here we all here we were. I think it was spring, mm-hmm. which is so that was weird to be there in a different kind of time of the year. And yeah. then also um, it was somber. I don't know that it was necessarily like. She lived to, I think, 99 or something. Yeah. So I don't know that it was necessarily, like, hugely depressing, which is a terrible thing to say. But, <laughs> no, but you know what I like, mean. I know what you mean. Um, but, uh, but it was much more somber, obviously. And I remember someone started singing Amazing Grace. And then everyone was singing Amazing Grace. And love I, it. That's, that's my memory from that funeral. Great. Love it. Funeral talk. Sorry. With Liza. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Anywho-so. So the move so... Ray Liotta is the dad. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. kind of at a loss. He writes yeah. commercial jingles. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know. How, he's like, you know, at sea a little bit with raising his daughter by himself. Mm-hmm. And then needs to hire a nanny slash housekeeper. Yeah. Then we get this sequence of all the disastrous interviews. Yeah. There's like the one woman who's like very stern and very right. mean and obviously not a good choice. And then there's one woman who has like dolls like she has a she brought a doll with her and right. is like talking to the doll like it's a person it's very funny um which this just occurred to me but one of the people who they wind up hiring and is a disaster is joan cusack yes isn't it the same doesn't the same thing happen in adam's family, adam's family values where there's a sequence of disastrous probably people that we have to hire and yeah. then joan cusack is the person and she's a nightmare <laughs> probably because i remember yeah. cynthia nixon is one of the babysitters in adam's family values oh really anyway, Oh, wow. I don't remember Adam's Family Values as well. I remember the play at yeah. the camp. That's yeah, what I with remember. Peter McNichol. Yeah. yeah, that's a great movie. That's a great franchise. We Look, we love the Adams Family. <laughs> don't we, folks? <laughs> You're hearing it more and more. We derailed so yeah. quickly. Um, yes, so Joan Cusack is the, the hire, and yeah. she turns out to be disastrous. She's, like, drinking. She's... She tries to, she climbs into bed with Ray Liotta at one yeah, point. Yeah, it's like, very, it's like, she's, I mean, she's great. She's so she's good. She's great, and yeah. it's she's And it, it, she pulls that, that like, creepy, awkward, awful, yeah. funny thing yeah. very well, and it's great. And then um, they wind up hiring Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And then, like, she breaks through, because Tina Majorino, uh, Hasn't spoken. Hasn't spoken since her mom died. Yeah. And uh, Karina breaks through that that wall, and mm-hmm. they form a bond, and she's yes. really good with the girl. And, like, then, um, as over the course of the movie, they get closer, and then uh, Karina and Ray Liotta's characters start to get closer, but then there's conflict because she's black and he's white, and the neighbors and the mother-in-law are talking. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just, like, kind of build, and it's all set against the backdrop of, you know, racial unrest and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, are they going to work it out? Like, and it, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, this movie just, you know, to get into it. Mm-hmm. Watching it, I had definitely seen it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I remember liking it fine, and I liked it fine watching it now. I really mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching it. But it felt like such a, like, kind of Rosetta Stone of you. Oh, yeah? Like, just <laughs> watch it. Like, so many things happened in it where it was like, oh, that's Liza. Like, they, like it felt like With you, Whoopi? No, well, a little bit with Whoopi, a lot with the little girl. Oh, because well, um, she, I mean, like you said, there's a scene, there's a scene where she's uh, dancing, I think she's in her, like, underwear and a little tank top, and they're dancing outside of a pool singing Pennies from Heaven. Right. Which is one of my favorite songs, and the little girl looks like me at that age, a right. little bit, from we, afar. You've been watching some, like, <laughs> home movies of yourself at that age, and it looks exactly like you, and yeah. I know Pennies from Heaven is one of your favorite songs. Yeah. There's, like, lots of, like, little things that, like, when we got together, you used to say that are from this movie. Like what? Like, uh, you ain't fat, you're beautiful. Oh my God, you guys! There's, there's this great, yeah. so, okay, okay, we're gonna, there's, so there's this great scene, um, you go from, so obviously there's a lot, like, racial conflict, and there's this whole thing, uh, storyline where it's, Whoopi Goldberg is kind of bringing, uh, the little girl into, um, kind of black culture a little bit, so she, so her, Whoopi Goldberg's characters nieces and nephews all become good friends with this little girl and they like take her to church and there's this whole thing but there's this scene where you're first introduced to Whoopi Goldberg's family and they're eating dinner and this little girl's like telling this story like 
this little boy said this to me, said I had a double chin. He said I was fat. And the dad just goes, you ain't fat, you're beautiful. And I just, it warms my little heart now. Uh, adult body positive Liza knows that the two are not mutually exclusive. You right. can be fat and beautiful. Of course. Blah, blah. But it's just, it's just this like throwaway thing. And, and it's, it's so lovely. It's it is so lovely. lovely. And it's not a thing that at the time I think had been, it felt like, oh yeah, really fun and novel at the time. And yeah. like really well done. Definitely. And just like, like moving on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like. It's like it's not like a. Rec- I mean, like I guess there are a couple of jokes later on where they're like the kids are all eating a box of candy and the little mm-hmm. boy takes a bite and goes, "Yeah, coconut. I hate coconut." And the fat girl goes, "Goes, I'll take it, Percy. I don't mind coconut." And then like it happens over and over again. And then like the other little girl goes, "You don't mind nothing, girl." And it's mm-hmm. very like little rascals esque, like kids kind of yeah. like talking like adults type of thing. But it's just very. Cute. So that's the only time it kind of revisits it, but it's also not um, overtly about yeah. her being fat. Yes, which is great. Right. You also can recite this movie from memory. I want to note. So I can recite a lot of it, not all of it, <laughs> but a lot of it. There are a lot of uh, lines that are in there. But here's the thing. So and and I wrote this down. Whoopi Goldberg shows up in this movie. She gets off the bus to yeah. go interview with Ray Liotta's character and she, she steps off the bus and I was just like overwhelmed with this feeling. Remembering just like how fucking cool Whoopi Goldberg is. Yeah. She like 100% just, she's the woman who, who let us know that black people exist in the future. She, um, you know, the color purple, like she's just, yeah. So incredible. And she steps off the bus in this movie and I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it's lovely to see her. And then also watching her throughout the movie, I was like, oh, I legitimately got all of my like nannying tricks from this movie and Mary Poppins. That's That's it. That's like because the way that she takes care of this child is so, so exactly my approach when I'm taking care of kids. It's that thing where and a little bit with my own children, but obviously those are two different things. But um just that thing where you you talk to them like they're people, right? You treat them like people. Yeah, yeah. and and it's just it's it was just like very funny to see that and go like, oh yeah, that's that's where it came from. There it is. It is like <laughs> she's incredible in this movie, and it is like really a good reminder of just like, oh yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Because she doesn't do. I mean, she does the View now. So she like, does the View now, which and like, that's not. Collect that paycheck, girl. You no, better get I, it. I don't begrudge her the view. <laughs> no, and but she's I'm not sure acting she, as much anymore, and it's right, a and bummer. I'm, but yeah. right, and I'm sure she's not getting offered like amazing roles. True. I mean, she's you know what I mean like for older black women. Like I'm yeah. sure the it's Slim Pickens. She's on the stand right now, which I haven't seen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but you watching this, it was just like oh yeah, Whoopi Goldberg like fucking rules. Yeah, and like and she radiates this like she's funny. She's cool. She also radiates a thing of just like, I know it's not going to work out with these white people Mm -hmm. throughout the movie of just, you know what I mean? And like holds her own and is like, it's just a really good performance. Yeah. In I mean, that's like, I'm not saying anything novel there, but, and so Ray Liotta, Mm -hmm. you, you had something. And that, so the thing with Ray Liotta, that's very funny is that you, you made a comment while we were watching or something like, it is so weird that this character is Ray Liotta. Yeah. And you said that. And I realized that this was the first thing that I registered Ray Liotta in. Right. So this is who he is for me. Right. And, and not- I don't think I've seen, like, I'm sure I've seen other films with him in it. Right. But that is what he is to me. And, and like, he's really great at it. But now thinking about what he must have been known for at the time and what he's known more for. Right. Like, that's so out of character. No, exactly. He's playing, like, the, like, it would be, like, Adam Scott today or something like that. (laughs) But Ray Liotta is known most most for Goodfellas. And for being, like, a violent psychopath who's, like, coked out of his mind at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And... And, like, when he showed up, he was in Marriage Story. And when he showed up, remember when he showed up in Marriage Story and it was like, Ray Liotta? (laughs) Like, he's, but in this, he's like, he's a thoughtful, sad, 
commercial jingle pitchman. And he's so good at it. It's he's good at it. He's he's it's so funny. He's like there's just like scenes with him like at the piano wearing glasses <laughs> and it's like it's like it, it's in, he's he's very good, but it's also just because of the mental image that you have of Ray Liotta yeah. and that I have, you right. know. Um it's just a very funny like dissonant thing. Um, but he, but you know, and he does that thing where he's at the breakfast table Mm -hmm. and he just suddenly starts singing about Mr. Potato Head, like like this manic energy Mm -hmm. that is like terrifying. Like he has a, he has a like Joker quality to him. He has like a real, like, it's, it's the like deep set eyes. Yeah. Kind of bulbous, deep set eyes. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And he has a kind of like hair trigger, like you never know what. You're gonna get, mm-hmm. and it's a very funny fit with Karina. Karina, yeah. Um, but it also like totally works, yeah, and makes the character like that much more damaged in a way, mm-hmm. and is like very. It's very you know interesting. I mean, the movie's like the movie's like pretty not predictable. I don't want to say predictable because it's not. Well, it that makes exactly it, that, where that makes, you think it's gonna. That go. makes it sound bad, and right. I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a very nice family movie like i would watch this with our eight-year-old yeah and like like it's totally like they they you know what i mean yeah um, it definitely does feel a little bit um glossed over you know like we said it takes place in 1959 you've got an interracial couple right there's there are a couple of scenes that address what that would be like they yeah. don't sh- it's it doesn't shy away from it but it just kind of Put stuff in front of you and leaves it there without yeah. feel, it, like so. There's a scene in a restaurant where like uh, Karina is going to the bathroom and and someone from another table grabs her, thinking she's the waitress, right. and she knocks over a tray, and it's this whole thing. And the guy's like, "Well, what do you mean she's not the waitress?" And it's like that's uncomfortable. Ray Liotta comes in and is yelling at this guy, and then it kind of fades out, and it doesn't. You don't you don't you don't see the end of that scene. Well, it is, doesn't it doesn't fade out. There's the guy at those table who uses the N word. Right, but okay. as it's fading yeah. out, like yeah, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. you don't stay with it. You're back on the little girl at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm not, right? I'm sorry, I just meant like that is a, that is the, yeah, most, yeah. the most racially jarring moment. Jarring is the wrong word. I mean, it's, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. And then there's stuff with like, they're out front and he's got her his arm around her and the neighbor's kind of trimming the hedges like, oh my God, and all fussed yeah. and they kind of like roll their eyes and continue what they're doing. There is this, there are a couple of beautiful scenes with the children Including one of my like favorite scenes in any movie ever. Yeah. Where the two little girls, so it's a black girl and a white girl sitting in a tree. And, oh, yeah. and this was such a Liza thing. Like this happened and it just felt like, oh, I remember you talking about this. Yeah. And the the little white girl turns to the little black girl and goes, Do you take what taste like chocolate? And the little black girl goes, I don't know. Do you taste like vanilla? And then they lick each other and giggle. And it's just so pure and beautiful. And and I just love it so much. <laughs> like, it's just beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's it's so it it's so innocent and and recognizing differences and not caring. And it's just goddamn beautiful. Yeah. And then so so yes, yeah, so in the restaurant, the end of that scene, we're on the little girl and the guy at the other table. What he said, he says, "You're just an n-word lover." Right. Um, and then later, the Tina Majorina character is at church with this little black girl, and they're in the kids' choir singing "This Little Light of Mine." I think. Yeah. Um. And she's, it's just so joyful and so beautiful. And she's clearly just having this amazing time. And she turns to her and friend and says, um, so-and-so I'm a N word lover. Right. And she, and the other little girl goes, that's so horrible. That's so mean. I can't believe you would say that you're not my best friend anymore. Right. And Tina Majoria character goes, I didn't, is, is shocked. She didn't realize that was a bad thing. She doesn't understand. And even the little black girl doesn't understand. She says, I don't know. I just know that it means you think you're better than me. And then there's a little boy behind them who chimes in and calls Tina Majorino character uh, honky. Yeah. And she goes, I'm not a donkey or something like that. And then and then the little black girl goes, shut up. Or no, the little black girl goes, shut up. She's not a donkey. She's my best friend. Yeah. And puts her arm around her and they keep singing. 
Tina Marjorino's reaction to that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of like absolute confusion and clearly, you know, just that feeling of being, of feeling so joyful and then completely deflated and not understanding why. Yep. Um, And again, it's just this beautiful portrayal of, of children having to deal with this thing that they don't understand. Yeah. You know? Um, and that also I, doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I like that, that, uh, it feels like, you know, they, there's a couple scenes like that where, mm-hmm. where the kids are like, it's like supposed to be about how all this race stuff, it doesn't matter to the kids. Yeah. And it's like, that feels real like pat and easy, but it's also mm-hmm. true. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's good to see it represented. I mean, I actually like, you know, not to get too deep, but like, when I was a little kid, one of my big, like one of my big, like formative memories is being at like a, like a family cookout thing with like mm-hmm. a lot of extended family, mm-hmm. overhearing a very racist joke, mm-hmm. and then repeating it to my parents later at the dinner table, mm-hmm. and thinking like this is gonna kill, mm-hmm. and the, and it had the n word in it, Oof. and them say, like being like, absolutely not, right, exactly, <laughs> like. Okay, where did you hear that? What is that? Like, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. sit down. Let's like, we're gonna talk. We're we're not. You know, you're not like in trouble. In trouble but but you need to know why what you said was wrong. Why you know why mm-hmm. what you what the person who said that was wrong. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so it's like, yeah, that that it's just it, to me. It like my my knee jerk reaction to a movie like this kind of in mm-hmm. in some of those instances is like. Oh, they're just trying to make like it feel like everything's okay or whatever. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like we're all just if you just got past it, like everything's fine. But it's like for kids, it is kind of okay when you just you know if they if like separated from everything, mm-hmm. separated from all the bullshit. Like kids, they have to learn racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if what I said just made sense or led no, to anything. No, it does. No, it like, totally does. It's like your your knee jerk knee jerk reaction to a movie like this is kind of an eye roll and like okay, yeah. But but I watched it and yeah, I'm exactly. still left with this feeling of like of of not that of yeah, not the I eye agree. roll, even though it was kind of doing those things. But I think and I think part of what it is, I assume that this woman, it, it, you know, it's it's her story or whatever, and that she is the Tina Majorino yeah, character. I, assume, I don't know. Right. We didn't do any research. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, you're really expecting a lot of us, okay? Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I assume that this is her telling the story from her point of view as a child, and uh, so and the whole movie does feel that way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, so it's just very it's it's an interesting watch in that respect because because yeah. you expect to kind of go like okay. The only thing that felt a little false and not like it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but is that I feel like in a lot of movies about interracial relationships from this time, mm-hmm. you know, and that feels like a real genre. Like it feels like a, oh, yeah. like a thing. Yeah. There's always, they were like, can you believe? Right. There's always <laughs> also the black character who has to be upset about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're racist in their own way. Yeah. And it's like, you like, I'm thinking of Kerry Washington in save the last dance. Where it's like, oh yeah, you, what, like what's wrong with black women? And you're going after Julia Stiles and all that stuff. And like that, this movie has that too, where Karina's sister is like, why don't you stay with your own kind and stuff like that. And I know that that is how people, certain people feel and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it feels from a, uh, it feels in these movies to me anyway. And I'd be interested in hearing how you feel about it, like, like ass covering or something, or like, look both sides are kind of racist in their own way. And it's like, if we just got past it and it's like, I think the white people are probably more racist. Than the black yeah. People. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, just a hunch. I mean, I think like, I agree with that. I think that in this movie, I, I saw it a little bit differently from the sister. And, uh, I think that this speaks to, to that issue as a whole, where it's like she, more what the sister was saying was, that's never going to work out yeah, you're because right, you're he's right. white. And you have this perfectly lovely man who is black and who wants you. It wasn't so much about like stick to your own kind you're right. as it was, you know that that's not going to work out for you. So right. why are you even trying? Yeah, you know that we... the second some white lady, perfect white lady comes along, he's going to leave you high and dry. Yep. So why would you 
put that on yourself. Yeah. Because there's also this other um, plot line where Karina, what she wants to be doing is writing. She says the dream is to write liner notes for like records. Yeah, which is um, such a cool specific dream. I know, but like, she's as a also writer, been that's a very yeah. Cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she loves music and she has written an article and is sending it around to different magazines and newspapers trying to get a job and keeps getting rejected, rejected, rejected. And she gets one of those rejection letters in the film with the sister opening it. And, and she says, like, you know, the sister is reading the letter and like, unfortunately, we do not want articles from, uh, you know, unestablished black women. Like no matter how talented, they no matter might how be, talented yeah. they might be, cordially whitey. That's what she said. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so there's this other, so there's that other type of thing. I agree with you that there are some movies, uh, plenty of movies who do that thing where they kind of say, but like, Oh, there's racism on both sides. Yeah. The reason that, I mean, we all know this, so we don't need to go into it, but that doesn't work. It's a whole, that you can't, you, you, it's, you can't oppress the oppressor. <laughs> That's not how it works. Right. Um, uh, if you are intelligent, you know that. So, <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I, I agree that there are plenty of movies that try to do that. And right. I do, and I, and I agree that it comes from the place of like trying to soften the blow a little bit and not really get in your face about the racism. Um, but I don't know that this movie does that for me anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it started and I was kind of like, is this going to be like a blind side or like a, the help or hmm. some kind of like thing where you're like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, it, it wasn't. It's me. not. And honestly, I think a lot of that comes from both Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg's performances. Whoopi Goldberg, they're in love with each other and she gets vulnerable and it's beautiful, but she's also, she knows herself and she's strong throughout this whole thing. And he is like a wishy-washy, like, you know, my wife just died. I'm very sad. Yes. But he, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing and he makes mistakes and he admits to them. And yeah. Oh, there's also another interesting thing that happens in the movie really quick. The religion stuff. I was going to say, it's, there's definitely some pro heaven propaganda happening. Yes. But so, so, okay. Um, Basically, uh, Ray Liotta and his wife were atheists, and Karina is not. And oh my God, there's this yeah. the this heartbreaking scene where they're eating dinner, and delivery men show up at the door with a piece of furniture that his wife had ordered, obviously before she died. And they go, "Where do you want it?" And Ray Liotta goes, "I think you have the wrong house." And the delivery guys go, "Can we just talk to Mrs. Singer?" And he goes, "Oh, uh." She's in the bathtub. Just bring it in. And he says she's in the bathtub. And Tina Majorino jumps up from the table and runs into the bathroom. And there's this shot of her opening the door with a huge grin on her face. And it's just the most heartbreaking thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. (laughs) Um, And then the breakthrough when the kid starts talking she says to Karina, they're making the bed. And she says to Karina, like, my mommy sleeps here. And Karina says, well, your mommy used to sleep there. And then she has all these questions. Was I bad? Is that why she died? Why is daddy angry? And Karina's trying to explain it to her and says, she's, your dad's jealous because she is up in heaven. She gets to play with all the angels and your daddy's jealous of the angels. And it's like, Okay. And then there's a whole thing where Ray Liotta gets mad at her for saying that and just explains, like, we were atheists. We don't believe in that stuff. We don't want to fill her head with that stuff. And then she has this really sassy line of, like, great, I'll just continue to tell her she's in the bathtub. Right. Which is, like, that's your employer. You probably shouldn't talk to him that way. But also, like, she's got a point. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, it's just an interesting thing because uh, I am on the side of the atheists. I I do not believe in heaven. What? Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I, I, and, and I think the movie, you know, kind of wimps out on this. They don't really, it, it comes up a couple times in the film, but they don't ever really resolve it. Um, except, I guess, maybe to say that, like, yeah, these two people are different and they love each other anyway. And right. that's okay. Um, but yeah, I understand the, the so the thing the thing that I always say about uh, atheism is that, like, uh, like I, I wish, especially with all the dead people I know, I wish I believed that I was going to see them again. Yeah. But I, I, I don't. I yeah. believe in science, and uh, 
so that's just not something that I believe in, but I wish it. And I understand, um, believing in that. Yeah. Um, and I also understand having a child come to you and say, was I bad? Is that why my mommy died? Right. right. And saying, no, 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 no. It was just her time. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, you did the yeah, thing. <laughs> um, so I, so I, I, I get it. I understand it. You know? It's, an, it's yeah, a weird thing. I gotcha. What? You have nothing to say? <laughs> no, I, my thing to say is that, like, I feel like the movie sets it up really interestingly and handles it interestingly throughout. And then at the end, when Ray Liotta is, like, finally prays, and that's, like, the climax of the movie is him praying to god i forgot about that that it feels a little bit like oh he learned that god is real a little bit i i I don't but then she comes out and she's like who are you talking to yeah but she (laughs) believes in god i know but she like ribs him for it like you don't believe in god what are you doing yeah 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 and i think it's not it's not like it's not like I, I was joking when I said it's like propaganda it doesn't feel like propaganda it's mm. fine but it is it did feel that part I was like Ugh. it's just an interesting thing because it doesn't actually come to a resolution ever yeah but is that the point you know faith man <laughs> anyway anyway um uh, is it available uh, you can rent or buy it uh you can rent or buy Karina Karina but it's not like free streaming anywhere cool um Great. Great. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Oh, hey. What's the connection? So the connection. Ray Liotta of Karina Karina. Yes. Was in a movie with Rip Torn, who has one line in the following movie, Facing the Crowd. He really does. Um, And that movie, Ray Liotta, Rip Torn, two badass... (laughs) Mofos. Mofos. The movie they were in together... B movie, <laughs> starring Jerry Seinfeld as a B. So Great. Karina, Karina, Ray Liotta, <laughs> B movie, Rip Torn, A Face in the Crowd. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, second movie, A Face in the Crowd from 1957, directed by Ilya Ilya Kazan. Great. Um. I'm DB Summary. A female radio reporter turns a folk singing drifter into a powerful media star. He does. He really does. So, or she does. Yeah. So we were going to watch this on Wednesday night. We were. Coo night. Coo night. (laughs) (laughs) What you doing for coo night? Um, So there was a coup happening and we were like, yeah, let's not. (laughs) And then we did it night after coo night and, um... It was, uh, it's, it's wild. This movie has come up a lot yeah. in the past four years, five years yeah. with Trump, obviously. Yes. Um, and I think once you see it, you know why. It's right. Like, I hadn't seen it. This you hadn't seen it before. This is my first viewing. Yes. Yeah. Of a face in the crowd. The plot, I'll try to keep this brief. <laughs> I mean, we just talked about the plot, but then that's pretty, but so, uh, female radio reporter in Arkansas shows up to a prison. She does this like man on the street kind of like vox pop radio segment called a face in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And she finds this prisoner named lonesome Rhodes. Her name, his name is like Lawrence. La- Larry Rhodes, yeah. but she calls, she named dubs him lonesome Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does like some songs on the radio and then becomes hugely popular. Megastar. Very and the influential. Whole, yeah. And the whole movie is tracking his rise and Hey, spoiler alert. His fall, baby. <laughs> um, uh, so, and he, how he becomes this demagogue, this powerful person with the ear of like powerful senators and stuff like this, mm-hmm. and how it destroys him. And he, although it destroys him, he was like he was always he, a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. He's never like a good dude. Yeah. Um, and Lonesome Roads is played by Andy Griffith. Yeah. Who. I mean, so when I saw this movie for the first time, Andy Griffith, to me, you know, my parents used to watch, like, the Andy Griffith show, mm. at, not, like, around the house a lot, like, but, like, when they were kids, so, like, I kind of knew it, and it was on and stuff, and, and like, um, and so he, where he was Andy Taylor, the sheriff mm-hmm. of that town, Mayberry, and he was just, like, the nicest, smartest, most competent guy at all times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just really quickly, I have no connection to the Andy Griffith show other than 
knowing what that is. Do you know what Wait, I mean? You know what? I just made another connection between these two movies. Sorry. Oh. Uh, the director of Karina Karina wrote the book for the Waitress musical. Oh. And Andy Griffith is in Waitress, isn't he? The movie? Yes. Great. This is what people were missing the week that we were off. People were like starved for this starved. content. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Uh, no, I was just, I was just saying that, like, I don't, like, I know that, like, I know that that name, mm-hmm. and I know that he's a sh- sheriff in a town, yeah. and that is where it ended. I've never <laughs> seen it. I, right. I have, I just have no connection with it at all. So it was like a weird. Well, Matlock Again, is his other thing. Matlock, Matlock is his big thing. Matlock, yes. When he was older. Yeah. Okay, maybe Matlock I'm mildly familiar with. <laughs> right. So not you're not you're not like a stan for Andy Griffith. A Standy Griffith. I'm not a Standy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> is what you're saying. Yes. Um, great. <laughs> but anyway, this is like, you know, like uh, Robin. I mean, I don't know what, what Andy Griffith's career was like before uh, this movie really, I don't know that much about how he came to. Is this not his debut? It's his first movie. I don't yeah. know, like, um, what his like, like what his he was on TV, a comedian, that. a singer. What I don't know what he was really. Yeah. I don't know. Again, we should do research. We don't. We don't. Um, but this is very much plays to me like Robin Williams when he did that string of like, oh, I'm in one hour photo. Oh, I'm an insomnia. Like, look, yeah. I'm crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Like I'm a bad guy. Like that's kind of what's happening here with like. Well, sort of, except that this happened, the movie was before the show. Right, I'm saying to me. I'm saying, like, this plays to me like that because of how we know him popularly. Yes. Anyway, regardless. (laughs) um, So, it's uh, directed by Ilya Kazan. Yes. Who is uh, one of the most famous directors and also, like, very controversial I guess is the right word Mm -hmm. because he uh in the McCarthy hearings was called before the senate and like named names like he like sold out his fellow communists essentially yeah um which was uh not cool I'm gonna (laughs) look going out on a limb (laughs) not cool not cool a lot of people don't be a narc my first like my like I remember the Oscars Mm -hmm. I think it was 98 or 99 Mm -hmm where he won a Lifetime Achievement Award and, like, half the people wouldn't stand and applaud. I remember so distinctly Ed Harris stand, sitting there with his arms folded. Wow. But apparently, like, Ian McKellen didn't stand and applaud. Like, like he was, he's, like, people held it against him. You know, he, like, ruined the careers of a lot of people yeah. who were then, like, cast out of Hollywood or had to write under pen names and stuff because, like, they were, you know, he named names in yeah. front of this the HUAC committee or whatever. Anyway, so Ilya Kazan, a little fraught. <laughs> um, but it's a good movie. It's like well directed. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. It's got some style to it. Yeah. And this is after that happened. So he's. Uh, you know, oh, this is after. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he, you know, he, he made a lot of movies like about like on the waterfront which he made with Brando is mm-hmm. like, sorry, I'm just like babbling at this point. That's I feel great. like I'm talking too much. Um, on the waterfront is like about like a snitch essentially mm. <laughs> who let, and it's like kind of like making excuses for snitching <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like this, you know, it's like, he was clearly like a guy. I maybe not clearly. I don't, I, again, I should know more before I just spout off, mm. but like he was a guy who like, had lots of thoughts about what had happened. Yeah. And was, like, wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a way where, like, I don't, like, uh, like, that I don't think, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a director who's, like, like, I don't think Woody Allen is making movies where he, with a lot of, like, self-introspection. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he, he feels, like, aggrieved and. Which is funny because that's all he did before. Right, exactly. But you know what I mean? Like, like. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Woody Allen still probably is making movies where it's like, oh, yeah, me, 90, and, like, this 17-year-old, and we're, she's, Scarlett Johansson's really attracted to me or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, anyway, <laughs> we're so off track. I, well, but... I'm just talking and talking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, like, he's making complicated, like, interesting movies after that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, what he did was completely wrong, and, like, maybe he should not have had a career after that. Yeah. Anyway, 
Regardless, he did. We're talking about the movie. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's so okay. So it's an interesting watch for me because I do legitimately have trouble watching older films in general. Um, and most of what it is for me is that there's this weird, uh, like a, a, a disconnect because it, it feels like, um, it can feel like they're, they're speaking in another language that I'm not understanding both because the way that they talk in 1957 is different from how they talk now. Um, uh, and also it feels like there's an entire set of rules that I don't completely understand. Um, like decency stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot in this film. I mean, he's like a, he's a player. He sleeps with a bunch of women. I think, no, yeah, you never, yeah. you never, you never even see like them go towards the bed together. Do you right. Know what I, I mean, mean, your thing is like you are, you're always saying this is kind of your catchphrase. You're like, if I don't see areola, it didn't <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, you're just like, give me that Ola. Give me that. <laughs> Okay, we're done. <laughs> no, I, no I, I'm not. I mean? I'm not like, making fun of you. Yes, like, I know what you like, mean. It's I know like what I you understand mean. what's happening there. That like, oh, there's there's probably something where it's like they're not allowed to show 100 yeah. percent this or that or whatever. But so then I'm going okay. So I'm pretty sure that they slept together. I'm not totally sure. Him and Patricia Neal. Well, just in, uh, there were a bunch of different scenes yeah. like that where you're like, okay, great, um, and. Uh, and then also it's not just that it's also like what's funny and what's sad and what like is, is different. So it's, it's harder for me to watch stuff like that where I just feel like I'm on another planet. I got you. You know what I mean? Um, it, I mean, it was a super interesting watch. It felt really long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about the length. They were both long. They were both long. Um, this, yeah, this, I think A Face in the Crowd feels really long, too, because it doesn't have... It's kind of what you said earlier In is, like, he's bad from the first second, and he never gets good. Yeah. And there's no... It's just... You're, it, it's... Uh, um, I don't want to like oversell it, mm-hmm. but it has that like Shakespearean tragedy quality where it's like, mm. you know where this is going. Like, yeah, he's, it's not going to end well for this guy. Um, and there's no like any, the people, it's like it. the main character is Lonesome Roads, but the people, the only people who you care about are like around him because he's just a force yes. in the center of the movie. Yes. And he, it's like a movie about, it's like a movie about a natural disaster or something where yeah. like he's not the character that you care about. And like Patricia Neal who plays the radio reporter who like kind of gets swept up in him mm-hmm. and then gets cast aside. She's like a much more interesting character. I personally identified with, uh, Walter Matthau, who plays a uh, TV writer who's kind of the moral center <laughs> of the movie, and he wears glasses, and he was 37 years old when this was made, so I, you know, and he's kind of like, kind of like a zaddy figure. <laughs> oh my god. I personally was into the Walter Matthau character. I gotta go. I gotta go. Because I said zaddy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. what, but anyway, sorry. Those two characters, and I actually really did love seeing Walter Matthau in that yeah, role. Yeah, that I was pretty incredible. He was great. Yeah. And like anyway, good. No, he was. Um, he's really great. Um, but you but you were just saying about him him being this this force that almost like a natural disaster. Absolutely, and and he's doing an incredible job, right? Of of being that kind of. Uh, charismatic yes like he just does a really great job and because there are moments like specifically the the scene where he goes in is it for the pills i think it's for the pills the vitajex offices yeah and at first he walks in and they're all like and then he just like he you see you see the transformation of him going like all right turn it on yeah he's gotten sorry just to set it up he's gotten (laughs) his his tv show He's has been like sold the ad time and all that and mm-hmm. like the sponsorship has all been sold to this one pill that is essentially like 
a caffeine pill. Yeah. Like, it doesn't do it's anything. It's like sugar, yeah. It's called Vitajex. And yeah. so he goes to their offices to, like, meet them and and kind of, like, sell himself to the Vitajex people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the the the, the acting is incredible. That's it. It's yeah. just that you, you see the moment where he clicks it on. Yeah. Um, and you're like, yep. Yeah. That's, that's, yes. And it's just that charismatic. <laughs> I mean, this is why everyone talks about this movie in relation to Trump is because yeah. it's like, I mean, I like not to be, not to be like, oh, I'm smarter than everybody. But like, I never understood the appeal of Trump. I like Mm-mm. The Apprentice, like it never, no. like I don't, I, I, as even, uh, yeah, I don't, I, he just seems like the dumbest person and always has. Yeah. And like annoying and whatever. Mean. Mean and boring <laughs> to to me like like honestly like the thing that a person like Lonesome Rhodes has and that people say Donald Trump has is mm-hmm. that he's like charismatic and you want to be around him and all that stuff yeah and it's like no I find Donald Trump very boring yeah like just boring to listen to boring to watch like all that stuff yeah um anyway regardless I don't I don't say that to be like I'm better than these people like I get it whatever yeah. but the, po- the whole point is that this movie everyone talks has talked about it in relation to Trump because. He's just this charismatic nothing mm-hmm. that uh, Lonesome Rhodes is that kind of like sweeps everyone up in his wake, but there's nothing there, and he's an, a, a mean idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think, and the, the thing, so, and it's also just such a movie about how like um, television can like launder like fascism and, and all that stuff. It like gets to that point. You yeah. Know what I mean, and cause there's a Senator that he partners up with later in the movie and the, and he's, and he like has him over, he, he has a show called lonesome's cracker barrel or whatever Yeah. with all these like actors there who are supposed to be like, be like hayseed redneck. Yeah. Like the everyday man. And, and they're on a set and he's sitting on a barrel and he's like, what you let, let's jaw about the spinning wheel or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That was a great <laughs> Did accent. Did I nail it? Yeah, nailed um, it. Let's jaw about the spin and like, wheel. And then like, oh, let me talk to this senator about it. And then like the senator's like, I want to end social security. <laughs> and he's like, and Lonesome's like, that sounds like a good idea or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, all these people love Lonesome Roads and like, so it's just, it's about uh, television, like laundering the fascism and making it palatable. Mm-hmm. The thing that it gets wholly wrong. Uh-huh. And the, and I'm sorry, I'm just rambling again. Oh, it's great. But the thing that it get it like fully misses the mark on uh-huh. is that the climax of the movie is Patricia Neal gets so fed up at being cast aside that she turns the mics on when Lonesome Rhodes thinks they're off. Yeah, and he's just like talking about talking the people, shit, talking shit about the, his audience. Yeah, and he's like these fucking idiots. Like they, you know, they they don't know a thing. I have them in the palm of my hand. Yeah. I feel like this is a cliche now. Like. That gets like lampooned on The Simpsons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, of like, oh, the mics are on, you know? Yeah. But, and he says it on TV. He mm-hmm. says all this shit about people, and the audience turns on him immediately. Yeah. And no one will listen to him. <laughs> and his, his empire's over immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I feel like living through the past couple of years, we've learned. That's not true at all. Like, yeah. he, like, you turn Lonesome Roads on and he says, like, these people are idiots and I hate them. And they're all like, we, we love you more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I will say there, there uh, is it, I think it's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Walter Matthau's character at the end, he does say, yeah. like, this is not the end for you. That speech is incredible. Yeah. It's so great. So he does point that out that, like, yeah, they're going to lose some, you're going to lose some people. But there's going to be plenty of people who are still with you. Yeah. So they'll, after a cooling off period, you'll be back, but you'll never be what you could have been. Yeah. That and, speech and is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. So he does kind of, they do kind of address that. Yeah, but you're right. It's just right. in his speech. You're right. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, the one thing I will say is that this, obviously, for a million reasons, feels like it's real ripe for a reboot, this movie. <laughs> I mean... You yeah, know, and not not just Trump, but like fucking Instagram influencers. You know yeah. what I mean? And just like instead of television, it's social media, and you know, right? Um, so it feels like real ripe for a reboot. Yeah, uh, it's so it's so funny too that this movie, in trying to envision how bad it could get, mm-hmm. the worst that they imagine in the movie is that he's a very popular TV host. With the ear of a senator who's trying to get elected president. Yeah. 
and never it does it, like I was dream bigger. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no Lonesome Roads like becomes the fucking president. Yeah. for four years <laughs> and destroys everything. Right, and then like. His fans are storming the fucking Capitol <laughs> and trying to kidnap Mike Pence and shit. Like, it's insane. It's oh insane. God. It was just a wild movie to watch this week. Yeah. Like, yeah. For that reason. Like, to see, like, and also, this was the beginning of the television age. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the beginning of the television age, they knew exactly what it was going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? They knew exactly what the danger was. And it took. A long time. I mean, it you know, it didn't take a long time, but like it 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 happened in a million ways in between now and then. But mm-hmm. like, but then it really happened. The fucking The Apprentice, and here we are. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it's insane. Anyway, uh, oh, this movie has sorry. Oh. a couple things. One, I felt really bad for uh, Andy Griffith's vocal cords. Yeah, he He's was like really tearing it up. He was really uh there's a lot of there's a lot of gravel in his voice and he was just screaming. You know who he sounded like when he was singing, when he was performing who? was Langhorn Slim. Yes. Like, yes. Like that just like like blues I'm I'm scr- like screaming like ah. like I mean like at least like Langhorn Slim 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? All that stuff. The I he has a new album out. It's pretty good. Great. I love that for you. All right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other thing. Oh, the other thing this movie has that is like in in the movie itself is the birth of a like nefarious media trend. Uh-huh. Is that like it has, it has Walter Winchell in there and Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace, yes. Both playing themselves. Mm-hmm. And that became, I feel like it happens less now a little bit. Uh-huh. No, maybe not. But I remember the mid two thousands. Fucking Brian Williams was on like every episode of Thirty Rock, and I was like, "You're supposed to be the news dude. Like, stop. Like, yeah. I know you just want to be a media star, and like, but that thing where news people show up in movies, mm-hmm. it, I have like always just found so gross. Yeah, because like they're just like it feels thirsty to me. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's fully thirsty. Yeah, and uh, and so seeing that in this movie. Which is like this movie's criticizing all those trends, but then it's also like birthing some of them. Yeah, this is very funny to me. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so it's a it's a cr- Criterion. So you've got some interesting extras and specials. Criterion and stuff on disc, it. a recent purchase. Yeah, like within the past year or two. It looks. I wrote. I literally wrote. Looks effing gorgeous. Yeah, it, it does. looks beautiful, impeccable. Yeah. However, my question is. Is the, and I and I put this to you because because I don't I honestly don't know what my answer is. Is does it look too nice? Is it the same kind of thing where you buy a record to hear the pops and cracks? And if there are no, because this was like pristine. it looked like it could have been made today. Yeah, it was pristine. Like it was pristine. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, um. Oh God! What was that other one we watched? La Chien. Yep, great. <laughs> I've already forgotten. Yeah. As opposed to La Chien, which looked really lovely, but still felt and looked like an older film. Yeah. This one just fully. Yeah. Looked digitized. So it is it? Did it go too far for you? Is my question. It, it didn't go too far. To I think I brought that up before with a different movie that looked too clean. Oh, Cinderella! I remember looking like too yeah. digitized. Or yeah. Whatever. But with this one, it didn't bother me at all because it didn't. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like they had like done a weird like digital pass or anything like that. It just felt like a cleaned up, yeah, pres- like very clean version of it. Yeah, like I don't more know. closer to the original intention. Yeah, you know I think I mean? it. I think it. Yeah, like it felt like like one of those things where it's like it, if he had had access to the technology of today, that's what it would look like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sort I know of? what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I, I don't know. I think I, no. I just I, just really quickly. I think for me, it it creates more of that dissonance that I was talking about. I got you. I got where you. it makes it harder for me to to watch because I'm so focused on like, well, this isn't what it should look like, right? Right. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Is it available? It's streaming on HBO Max. Oh, which okay. I think people should check out. Yeah, I think you should check it out. It's, yes. It's a really uh, oh, I don't think I said. It. I think Patricia Neal in this movie, so great, so great, and so Incredible. like. Well, I'm not gonna get horny on the podcast. She's great. 
<laughs> what were you I was going to say she's like very lovely. Like she like in the beginning of the movie, like they do a very good job of like just making everyone seem like worn down by the end of the movie and like mm. tired by mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that beginning where like they're in this Arkansas prison cell. Yeah. And then and there's like all it feels very vital and she just seems so lovely to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She just seemed really lovely. Alright. I really liked her. Alright. That is all. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway. great. So So what? What are you thinking? Well, I don't want to get rid of a face in the crowd. I really like it a lot. It has good extras. Yeah. Recent purchase, Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah. And Karina Karina, I mean, like I said, it's like a it's like a Rosetta Stone of you. It is. And in the whole thinking about okay, well, it's available to rent or buy right now. Right. Will it always be available to rent and buy, rent or buy? Probably not. Karina Karina seems Karina Karina seems more expendable than Face in the Crowd does. Yeah, I mean Karina Karina feels like a little bit of a forgotten gem. Yeah. Although I'd say Face in the Crowd also feels like a forgotten gem, although clearly being more more and more. You, they're talking about it more and more, as Donald Trump would say. Yeah. You're, you're hearing about it more and more. <laughs> God. Um, and it's doing a fantastic job. Didn't he say that about Frederick Douglass? Anyway, we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about <laughs> oh him anymore. God. We don't have to talk about him anymore. Fuck him. Uh, yeah, he's off Twitter. I hope he uh, has don't, a yeah. lovely yep. time. Yep, great. I hope he has a lovely time. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I think we should uh, uh, keep them both. You think we should keep them both again? We haven't done that recently. Yes, we did. We did it with one of the Christmas, one of the holiday ones. Okay. So within the past month? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to get rid of a face in the crowd. <laughs> and I don't want you to have to get rid of Karina Karina. <sighs> what do you think? I mean, I don't I don't want to get rid of Karina Karina. And I don't want you to have to get rid of face in the crowd. Great. Yeah. We could do the Steve rule. Ooh. Should we do the Steve rule? <gasps> So okay, if so if you're a yes. new listener, yes, or or, or just missed... a listener who doesn't memorize every episode of every podcast, possible, <laughs> boring through the transcripts. <laughs> um, my brother Steve, he had he said, I think the rule should be that if you want to keep both discs, you have to pick a random number, and that movie, whatever it is, you have, have to, get to get rid, rid of. of it. You don't have a choice. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We this is like why the way we're talking to each other right now. It's like we're like gonna do drugs jump. or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> do drugs. You said you were gonna say jump, jump like a bungee jump or something. Oh. And I said do drugs. I, my my initials. Anyway, let's move on. All right. All right. Give me a number. Let's do it. Oh God. Okay. What what am I what am I picking out of again? One thousand three hundred twenty-six. Okay. Here we go. Evoking the Steve rule. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, Siri. Mm Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,326. A random number between 1 and 1,326 is 298. 298. Let's see. What is it? Hold on. It is... I'm fine with this. Uh-oh. From 2006. Dane Cook, Vicious Circle. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck do, are we doing owning Dane Cook, Vicious Circle? Well, that was fully me. <laughs> wow. I think the Steve rule fucking came through it on this one. It came through. Because, I mean, I, I will say I'm a little bummed that we're not going to have to watch <laughs> this Dane Cook special. <laughs> But, wow. All right. Sorry, Dane. Wow. Wow. Great. Thank you, Steve. You saved our marriage. (laughs) You saved our bank account. Well, you saved us from completely... Doing away with the premise of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. Love it. All right. Cool. So... We're keeping Karina Karina and a face in the crowd. We're getting rid of Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I guess let's pick our next 
uh, mashup, yeah? Yeah. I mean, a little bummed that it's not going to be Dane Cook's circle. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,326. A random number between 1 and 1,326 is 407. 407 is, ooh, from 1999, Fight Club. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> um, I don't think I've seen that since the first time I saw it. I think I watched it 500 times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the year 2000, and I don't think I've watched it since then. So, yeah. Did he have the poster in his freshman dorm? He did, yes, folks. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, cool, cool, cool. Wow. Well, that'll be fun. That's a real time capsule. Yeah. And another Fincher. Another Fincher. Wow. The Finch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,326. A random number between 1 and 1,326 is 393. 393 is, oh God, also from 1999, Eyes Wide Shut. I've never seen it. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Low instinct. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, wow. Isn't it... um, Actually spicy, like spicy, spicy. Uh, no, at the time it we'll get into it. Oh, we'll get into it. Okay. It's like not that spicy. No, that's a bummer. Well, no, I mean like it's. <laughs> I think it has a reputation. Uh, it's. I guess it's very sexy. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. All right. Nineteen ninety nine. Here we come. Gonna party like it's nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. <laughs> um, great. In that we are going to watch DVDs. <laughs> it's a very 1999 activity. It's true. Well, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We are DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Instagram. We have the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Unlike our president. <laughs> That's right. I called him our president. Oh, God. <laughs> um, we got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. We hope you are taking care of yourself. And uh, doing as well as can be expected. <laughs> I was going to say doing great. And then I was like, well, you yeah. know, these are weird times. Anyway, <laughs> come back next week and see who survives DVD, DVD Deathmatch. We've done that before. Okay. (laughs) What, recorded a great podcast? Yeah, I agree. Yeah.